What's so funny? I just don't. I don't really know what you want. Well, so <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Well, I wanted to talk about. It's John. It's John. Gluten is not your problem. Conversations with culinary chameleon, modern day Renaissance man, and my friend Walter Schmidt. Join us for insights, musings, and rants on food culture, life, the universe, and more. Please enjoy. John and friends. Yeah. Um, for those of you joining us uh, for, for the first time, welcome mm. to Gluten is Not Your Problem, where we discuss, well, it says what in the intro. What the problems really are. What the problems really are. Uh, my name is John Staley. And I'm Walter Schmidt. All right. Um, thank you all for those who, who wrote in. Oh, did we get some people right again? Nobody wrote Oh, in. okay. <laughs> nice. So what I'm saying to you, <laughs> dear... very passive-aggressive, John. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Can you... I, don't, I don't know that the people are going to respond. Can the you hear the you resentment in my voice? Uh, I can't believe nobody's writing. They say that they want to write. They're like, oh, I want to be on the show. I want to, I have ideas. And I'm like, well, write us. Tell Please. Us. Gluten is not your problem at gmail.com. You can reach us. There's a Facebook group. Why are you crossing your legs like that? Because it's comfortable. So, well, one of the things you, you don't realize. To. I know because I used to be bigger. Yeah. So you remember how skinny Coda? Thing? Yeah. You know this how is how Coda, Coda sits. It's weird. So our it's friend who bit. is super skinny all of his life, and so I've recently <laughs> lost some weight in the last year. A lot. And I never realized that this is why skinny people sit with their legs crossed like this because it's comfortable. When I was so big, I could never like get. I just had too thighs, much mass. Yeah. My thighs, my stomach, everything. So, but if it makes you uncomfortable, I'll, I'll just I'll uh, gladly sit like it this like for you. Like a little tea drinker. I, don't know. I do like tea. Don't you like tea? Everybody likes tea. It's What's your favorite point. kind of tea? Chai. Chai tea, I think, is pretty great. Like a nice spiced chai, not mm-hmm. too sweet. Mm-hmm. Have you like ever a... had it with, like, oat milk? No. No, I have not. No, but I've had it with, like, a shot, in the, like a shot of extra shot of espresso in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, a dirty, dirty chai. chai. Yeah. Yes. Those are tasty. It brings out a little, an extra little spice to it, I think. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty good. But yeah, if anybody has any uh, questions, comments, or concerns, or wants to share a food-related... Tell us to shut up. <laughs> tell us we're wrong. Uh, tell me I'm wrong, I guess. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm the I mean, one with the... With the opinion? Well, all the wrong opinions. Well, I don't... Th- I, who says they're wrong, wrong, Walter? Well, usually when I'm listening later, or when I try to listen to this later, I'm like, ah, I sound like an idiot, and that's probably wrong. And then I, like, fact-check it a little bit, and I'm like, that's totally wrong. <laughs> like, I don't... I'm learning a lot, actually, because you ask me <laughs> questions. checking and, yourself? Yeah, and then you, you ask me a question, I, I kind of wing it, and I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure it's like this, or this is the reason, that's, yeah. This is no, nice. it's, it's, it's totally wrong. It's amazing how... Um, how wrong I am? Well, how... <laughs> How much what we feel is true is, <clears throat> has nothing to do with the facts. Yeah, no, I've been running on a lot of assumptions. Um, but tonight we went to the store to get you some stuff for... Mm-hmm. Uh, what, is, what does a man like you take need when he's uh, feeling out of the weather, when you're feeling ill? Well, my dad had this special recipe for, for um, when you get sick. He had this special idea of what you do is you take like a, he wanted you to take a glass of wine and you put like a tablespoon of cayenne pepper in it put it in the microwave and you drink the whole thing really fast you get in the shower and you get your core temperature like really hot or you sit in the shower and you drink it like while you're in the shower and you get everything really hot you get the olfactories going and you start all the snot comes out and all that stuff and you get out and you wrap yourself in the towels and a big blanket and you just 
pass out and and sweat and you just sweat fever basically breaking your own fever or whatever and if you wake up then you feel like a million dollars and so i sort of took that theory Uh and i expanded on a little bit where i'll do like the chicken soup my mom's side is like you know chicken soup you have to have a lot of fat and nutrients give you vitamin c all these things to help you give your body the weapons that it needs to fight off whatever it is so yeah big spicy bowl of chicken like two chicken broth with ramen and um like a whole lot of hot sauce get all that fat in there and chase it down with some orange juice and some liquor and get in the shower and get a good buzz on just keep staying that shower as long as you can stand it super hot get super hot but incorporate the nutrients the vitamin c and everything else incidentally this is going to sound gross to a lot of people but hot orange juice is pretty damn good too like i'll put the cayenne pepper in the orange juice throw that in the microwave try it one time one time try hot orange juice it's tasty it like makes it extra zippy and tangy well you would think that like i mean i don't know it doesn't sound bad yeah it sounds like something you know you orange always goes along with things like honey and lemon wine and and, mold wine yeah they put orange peels and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um so we got some of that you got some nyquil nyquil which uh i guess you have to be a certain age by nyquil now the kids have ruined it millennials you ruined nyquil for us you have to get id for your nyquil needs so here's the thing i don't i don't go through the the self-checkout i never go through the self-checkout but you had the grocery card you were you had all the stuff Mm -hmm. you beelined right for the self-checkout i don't like the self-checkout myself i disagree with it on a fundamental like it's very important that we not use self they need to stop with the self-checkout but there was only one guy working in the thing Mm -hmm. and the line was huge i'm like fuck i'm sick i don't you know I'm just going to go through self-check. It sucks, yeah. but I mean, they they win. You know, they got us to this point where they're like, okay, well, we're just going to have self-checkout and or you can wait two hours for this one guy that we're willing to pay. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's what we get now. I just, yeah, for for a few reasons. Like, I, I don't like, I don't like, I don't want to do the, the job. Yeah. Somebody else is being paid to do the job. I mean, obviously, so the machine is already doing it, so they can't afford to hire another one because they've decided to invest in these machines. Otherwise, they could have afforded to hire another cashier. Well, the machine's cashier. not any different than what the the people are operating. I understand, it's the but same they, machine. I understand, but they could have instead of in, installing those machines, they could have put. They probably just had extras in the back, like I spare don't know. parts and whatever. They're just like, hey, let's just set up six of these extra ones and tell people to do it themselves. That and I had a watermelon. I wasn't sure I was going to go about that because I didn't have all the uh, codes. Yeah, the well, you just put codes. in like you say, you put it on the thing, and you search, mm-hmm. and you start typing watermelon. I did. That's exactly what I did. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't difficult. Yeah, but again, they make it as easy as possible. I know. I I get that. They want the idiots of the world to buy watermelons. I get that. I have another issue that has come up in the last few years at grocery stores, <clears throat> and it really has ruined my grocery store experience. My goodness, that sounds pretty so, pretty intense, buddy. So we stopped doing <coughs> plastic bags, right? So they mm-hmm. did away with that, and that's been going on for like I don't know. I feel like four or five years, something mm-hmm. like that. And they went straight to paper, and that's fine. And then they, so they charge. So now, instead of either if there's one person at the register and they can just scan and bag and scan and bag at the same time, they now have to scan everything. Ask me if I want bags. Mm-hmm. And Do you then want bag bags? It later. And then now they have to bag it. I can't even grab one of their bags because I used to be able to, mm-hmm. I would help. 
mm-hmm. I don't help anymore. We'll have to self-check because... out the bags that you take are on the right. right. So if I wanted to, well, what you, what you do, a lot of people, the, the, the pros, mm-hmm. you grab the bag ahead of time and you put it in there before you even start scanning. Because if you start scanning stuff, then it's like for an object in the, you know. Right in the area or whatever but if you just put the bags out there beforehand and then you just put it in the bag as you go but it's just made it slower because now i have to they have to ask me step yeah and then they're like how many would you like and i'm like i don't know as many as it fucking takes yeah what if yeah what if i need another one i don't know done do you want to do we want a bag for watermelon yes of course uh, i want a bag for everything well that's why (laughs) i think the people that work there really don't care like they're just like if you take an extra bag, like there's no bag police, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you get, you say, yes, I will have a bag. You purchase one bag and then you get to the point where you're like, well, I need another bag. So you just take another bag. Nobody's going to stop you. Excuse me, sir. I'm going to need that nickel. You know, like nobody. I think it's a dime. Well, nobody's going to bother you with it. It's not going to happen. Fair enough. Because usually I, what I do is I say I want one bag, but I double bag my stuff. So I'm taking two bags. That's my one bag because your bags are not structurally sound. And exactly so, that too yeah right and so it's I'm like, t- your one bag is two bags that's probably why it's a dime and not a nickel because everyone's just double bagging everything they just assume you're taking two bags i just feel like it just it slows everything down because it there's does. now the person can't do the two jobs at once which you know you should be able to mm-hmm. and you've got to we've got to have a conversation about bagging things yeah and then there's the nyquil where i've got to stand there and well, wait. yeah when this yeah they got that kid had to come over and did you little... get it? Did he did he wave? Well, his he card? couldn't. So he oh. what well, he came over and like tried to admonish me about the whole thing. So I just grabbed it and threw it. You see, how I mm-hmm. threw it about two feet away. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll come back later and pay for it in another." I'll come back and wait in that. What other did he aisle. say to that? He walked over. He just went over to the manager's office, and then she came out. And was like, oh, "Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, you have to be 18. I'm like, <clears throat> all right. Let me. Can I just like scan my ID? You know, like. Right, they should be able. Well, then I guess anybody could scan their dad's they, ID. Or they something. could, but like you know, I mean, I feel like if you just had one person monitoring those four stations, you've still cut down your 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 employees quite a bit. But like she can be like, okay, that giant bottle of Jameson walking out with those twelve year olds, probably not. I should probably say something to them, right? You know, or maybe have the human being have to check the ID. You know. Well, and I think that. Because that's what they used to yeah. do. It's like you just had to show your ID to the person, and then you just got tired of having to do that. So they yeah. said, "Let's just, yeah. Why are we paying Teresa to be here mm-hmm. six hours a week? Oh, she's checking IDs at the self check. It's like, yeah. okay, well, let's just make that about okay." And I've tried to circumvent it too by, a, you know, sort of pre, not circumvent. I'm preemptive, so I get to the register and I say, "Yeah, I'm gonna need some bags, as many as it'll take. Um, I'd love some tape on the box." whatever, like at the hot bar or whatever that I got. And I always say, and then, yes, I'll take the receipt. But what happens is the person's so rote in, you know, doing yeah, their job, right? Not, he's so not he's ready not... for that information. That's crazy. <laughs> so then he, he, the guy or the lady will ask me again. Right. You know, like, did yeah. you want this? Did you want they're not this? Retaining you... And they're not it's retaining like... anything. So I'm not really helping. Well, it's like, like what, in our job, you know, where sure. you used to work, we need to get the room and the phone number, the room number and the last name to go on the, on the, on the charge ticket. Right. Mm-hmm. But you get that at the end. You give, you fell out the order, you get them their drinks. You're like, and did you, how did you want to take care of this on, on the room? Right. And then they give you, so when they rock up to you and like, yeah, hi, Stevenson, 444. And you're like, okay, uh, can I get you a drink? And then by the time you get their drink, make their drink, come back to them, you're like, what was that room and, and the name number? Like, mm-hmm. the room number and the name. Like, I don't, you know, you're not retaining any of that. You're, it's. 
So, and I'm not... There's I'm, a way. I'm not angry at the person. I'm angry at the system, mm-hmm. right, that's been set up by by these series of, of, of gates I have to go through to get my groceries. Yes. Am I being too... I, I mean, no. I just... If there's anybody who works in this business or has any insight into... Um, cashiers and grocery clerks and stuff i would love to hear from them because i don't what is the best way for me to they're get the through? ones we're going to write to us yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know who listens yeah. maybe you know well, we need those numbers too don wanted to know what the numbers were <laughs> i told him we were going to announce it this week on the what numbers don wanted the numbers like, like how many how many listeners and stuff oh okay yeah we'll get the numbers at the end of the show for yeah. sure um so yeah, I know. I'm just curious if there's something i can do as a patron what is the best and easiest Be patient? way Sure. Well, yes. Just go ahead and schedule enough time to do your shopping so that, you know, you're not rushed. It's like, I'm waiting. You know, these people are just like, no. I've been here. I'm waiting. And I've got six minutes before I've got to be, you know, doing this. Like, well, why did you Why did Wait. you come to a grocery store? Like, that's like, don't go to the DMV. Don't go to the grocery store. There's a huge list of places to not go when you're in a rush. If you've I got agree. limited time, if you have to be to the airport soon, yeah, don't schedule that to be the day you go to the DMV to get your shit together. I agree. I wouldn't. I would never do that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rush anybody. Yeah. I just feel like. I just want to say, like, I'll, I'll take as many bags. If I didn't bring my own, I'm gonna need bags. I'm always gonna need bags. I'm suddenly reminded of that. They might be giant song. Um, from Once Mink a Car. Bag, a bag of groceries. No. 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 They. Um. They revamped the airport completely. Now it looks just like a nightclub. Um, Everyone's excited and confused. Yes, I, I know the Didn't song. Didn't they do that to a grocery store too? Like at the second verse? Maybe. They revamped the grocery, grocery store. store to look just like a nightclub. It's yeah. called um, Something Dance. I don't know. Hey, I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, anyway. But yeah, I was just thinking, what if they made the grocery stores more pleasant to be in? Like, there's that horrible music. Sometimes at like Lucky, it's actually kind of peppy. Like today, it was like. I don't know, there's some talking heads in there. and But they could lower the lighting, but then you need to see the prices. So just have more focused lighting on, like, where the price tags are. Because that's all you really, you know, you need to see the quality of the food. So, like, make a Softer, can light. not so fluorescent. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. make it kind of more pleasant to be in there. And maybe put some carpeting down. What about the wheels on the carts? Go and they spill and shit all the time. What, what are you asking? <laughs> they spill shit all the time in there. They can't put carpet down. But if you lower the lighting, it's fine. The tar- carpet's nice and dark. <laughs> nice like the roller skating rink. You know? Somebody roller spills a carpeting. fucking jar of pickles. It's going to stink roller up aisle seven. How many, how many sodas do you think have been spilled on a roller skating rink? There's no carpet in a roller skating rink, is there? What are you talking about? I guess I haven't been to a roller, roller skating rink well, recently. I think it keeps people from rolling too fast, too, when you're like oh. going to the snack bar and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think there's one in Charles Schultz. There's the Peanuts Roller Rink in Santa Rosa. Is there? I think so. You should go there for my birthday. Oh, yeah. What are we going to do for your birthday? What do you want? Rink. You want to go to the roller rink? Let's go to the roller rink, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out the grocery store situation. because I've just been the answer. Be patient. Well, it'll help with the patients if it's, an impl- it's a pleasant environment. You know, like it's like a... Well, then, and it's also like now it's this thing where if I bring my own bags... I don't know if I'm required to bag my own things, but it's the only time I feel allowed to bag my own bag. things. But but also I feel <clears> like <throat> it's expected because you, now I, I'm noticing the trend of people who bring their own bags bag their own stuff. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but that's just what I've seen. Yeah, I think that's worth the 10 cents. Go ahead and bag it, please. <laughs> like you guys can get, you, yeah, you put it in there. 
like me as a as a patron no, or no like, i'm the patron you work here so yes i'll take three bags and we both kind of look at the bags like yep <laughs> that would be you <laughs> That's... yeah i don't know i just i and i've tipped the bag guy like if i'm standing if i have a bunch of groceries and some kids back there and he's like you know i see he's putting the chips on top you know he's put the bread on top he's putting the soft things on top so they don't get mashed mm-hmm. and he's organizing it or if he even if he double bags it that's a that's a fiver in his hand right there absolutely you you heard it here first guys tip everybody um yeah i just i just would love to be able to say give me all the bags i need and let's be done with it yeah they will just you're gonna pay for them that's fine (laughs) um i had another problem the other day and i was i wanted to i wanted to ask your advice or if you have any advice (laughs) on this so i was at a I was at a burrito joint, which needs not be named. That's not important. And they gave me chips and salsa, which they always do, right? They're not making any money on chips and salsa. No. So, you know, even a $9 burrito, that's standard, I think, these days. But the ramekins in which the salsa came were super tiny. They were ramekins, right? Mm-hmm. They're small. They're small sauce things. Yeah. Now, I was having difficulty getting my chip because I the chip, I can only get the one corner in, right? Mm-hmm. And so I get in there, but I don't get a lot on that one corner of that chip, a lot of salsa. Sure. And so I'm like trying to get, but I can't get the wide part into the ramekin to get salsa on and scoop in my chip. Does the ramekin bow at all? Does it flex? No, it doesn't flex. No, it's not. It's like, it's like plastic. Oh, it's hard plastic? It's a hard plastic. I was dining in. Dining in. in. Okay. I was dining in. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't take it to go. Okay. So my thing is, and so he he handed me two ramekins because I think they know that. Different types of salsa? Well, there's many different kinds, so you could probably right. get a you could get a few. Oh, options. he just gave you two empty ramekins. Empty ramekins. You go, ramekins, to, the you go to the salsa bar, and here's okay. your chips. So I go, and I just got the pico de gallo in each one, but it's not enough salsa for mm-hmm. the bowl of chips they give me. I just feel like I don't want to be greedy with the free stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need a lot of salsa. I just need but a, enough on your chip would be nice, wouldn't it? That's all. So if you bite off the corner. Mm-hmm. You're left with like sort of a longer, flat, sort of trapezoidal shape. Yeah. And you can get that longer, flatter side in there. That's true. But so just take a bite. And then you can go for the hotter stuff now because you've already got like a base chip in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then you can go for more salsa and take a little bit more heat. Yeah. I just wanted, yeah, I guess the trapezoid is go the only the thing to do. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I just wanted, I wanted just sort of like a, it could be shallow but i just wanted it to be a little bit wider well these things don't make any sense and i don't know how you know we were talking about emergence about how these sort mm-hmm. of you know like uh murmurations and and societies and slow like down how... real quick because okay. so so what is emergence <clears throat> what is it's how ants communicate well through pheromones. slime molds and slime how, molds. how ants find food and how slime they molds pass it along one at a time how, how google finds things that you're looking for they, they use those models that those ants were doing the slime molds to build algorithms to write the first search engines like that's mm-hmm. what the book emergence is all about is about the emergence of civilization like the the reason why the mercantile district in in italy you know, in italy and Venice. france and like where are they all like the reason why towns and cities grow the way that they do is because we're basically doing the same thing as slime mold ants and google things clump together engines. that work together and yeah. that's why yeah from from re uh reaffirmed you know, the, the bonds of, of affirmation get stronger and stronger every time it's Positive correct. feedback loops. Right. <clears throat> so um, what was I saying now? You've derailed me completely. Emergence and, well, we were talking about ramekins. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
And so with that in mind, I don't know how the culinary industry has gotten to this point where you have a square box with a round pizza filled with triangles. Like, that just sounds like completely, if you were trying to explain to an alien, like, mm -hmm. they would be like, you're insane. Like, your entire culture is backwards. Like, yeah, you have a triangular chip, try to get little cubes of, of salsa out of a round dish. Like, like what it's part of exactly that makes what it is. any it's goddamn... It's cubes of salsa. Yeah. Like, why, why, are you, why are you playing with all these goddamn shapes? If, you're, if your chip is triangular and your dish is triangular, then everything's going to come out great. Right? Yeah. So... So what is the, what is the answer? Why aren't pizza boxes round, or why aren't they just one would big you triangle? Re, how would you redesign? Would, how would you redesign the pizza box? I think it's because pizza boxes are cut from one giant piece of cardboard, mm -hmm. so squares make more make a make better sense. The circle is because when you're spinning the dough, that's something that just happens naturally. Right. I think it's all naturally, and then when you slice a circle, I don't know. I think it. That's just emergence of, of yeah of how that came about. That's <laughs> yeah. why that's a mess because of emergence. Fair enough. It I don't know. It answers itself. I, I just know. wanted to. I just wanted a little. I wanted to be able to get enough salsa, and then I just feel I hate when you okay. go in and then you just get the juice. People and none call of the... me a jerk a for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different you're, situations. You're lovely. I'm sorry, buddy. Thanks. But if you actually walk up to like say, just um, like pantomime. You, just, you call the manager over and say, and they're like, yes, how can I help you, sir? And you hold up the chip, and you hold up the thing in front of him and go, tink, tink, tink. And you just look at him like, yeah, can't get the salsa out of this fucking dish, idiot. Like, don't even say words to him. Just be like, what? Like, do you not see the problem? Monkey can't get thing out of thing. Like, and make him understand. And then he's like, oh, maybe he'll look at it and be like, yeah, you're right. That is fucked up. Like, we should solve this. Maybe yeah. he'll buy bigger dishes. Larger, flatter ones. I don't well, know. And that's the thing: is that how much do you invest in this free thing? I mean, nobody's making money on salsa chips and salsa, but it's now a standard. But now it's a waste. So you're making even less money because nobody wants to come back and deal with that bullshit. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Should we go over to uh, Hacienda, or should we go over to the, that other place with that shitty with the shitty bowls so you can't get the salsa out of? Mm -hmm. Well, clearly we're gonna go to Hacienda. Right. Do you think? Well, how do you, salsa? Salsa is is a sauce. Or salsa, salsa is a is it? I, I feel like it's Spanish for sauce, but I don't really know. I think that it's Spanish for sauce, but like like pico what? is confused for salsa a lot. Pico is not salsa because that's what I was eating. Gallo, yeah. Okay. Wait, you know, I like to mix so you the pico a, and the salsa. But I'm, well, I guess what I'm saying is salsa soup. Is it a <laughs> is it a dip? Like I mean I know it's a dip because I dip my chip, but like. Could you sit down and just spoon it into your face? Yeah, you probably could. Have some cold. It'd probably, I mean, at that point, it'd be it like might a, get rid a Mexican, of your cold. A Mexican gazpacho. Mexican gazpacho. I mean, it, if cold it was spicy tomatoes, enough. spicy soup. Yeah. Mm, but, okay. But then the Mexicans found. You know what's even more delightful than eating this just like soup is dipping chips into it, and then eating something real later. So yeah, I mean, I guess because well, if you think about the triangle and because the, the corn chips come from a tortilla that's round, right? Again, so it's a round thing mm -hmm. being cut. But then you got those crazy bastards over in Minnesota who are cutting up square know, pizzas. Square pizzas. Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. What do you think about that? That. Well, I like the crust. I like having like the a. I like having the crust to hold on to, so you not get sauce all over your hands. And then it's a delicious treat at the end. Or you sometimes get it all I'll the fold way. it. I'll wrap it up. Sometimes I'll like I'll eat halfway through the slice and then fold it up. So I'll eat mm -hmm. the, the crust with the topping part, like kind of folded, wrapped around it. 
But with the Minnesota guys, like I don't know what what is Mikey doing with that square in the middle of the pie? Like that has no crust at all. Yeah, where do you grab that thing? I don't Just know. Stick your fingers right in the saw. Like ah, it's burning. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Are they knife and forking it? <clears throat> Maybe. I really have no idea. Barbarians. Um, and you, so you also got some bread at the store. I know this is fascinating conversation. <laughs> yeah, right? I did. But I got two kinds of bread. Um. So I'm more interested in the white bread. Okay. So, so you. I know, right? <laughs> um, and I'll tell you here in a second. <laughs> I know it's fascinating, right? God, who doesn't want to hear about my bread? <laughs> so what you, you, got, you go straight Wonder Bread, or you go? Uh, you got some of the kind I of like almost, Wonderland or I, something. I almost went straight Homeland. Wonder Bread, but it was like a buck eighty nine for the Wonder Bread. But I'm just like, I just needed a loaf of white bread. Right. Right. It serves well, its purpose. It's best for bologna sandwiches and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and right. tuna fish sandwiches. Do you do you make sure to use the clip at all times, or are you like a spin and tuck? Spin and tuck all the way. So you don't like the clip? Well, because like, okay, so what do I do? So I pick up the bread by the thing, and I kind of give it a gentle hug. I don't, I don't mush the bread by any means, but I kind of, I definitely make sure that it's hugged, like I hug it a little bit so that I get all the air out, and then I spin it really fast, and so then I, and then I tuck, so there's no extra air in there. Got it. And then you tuck, so you don't you don't use. The, what do you do with the clip? The clip just goes. The clip away. is gone as soon as I open that bread. Yeah. You? I haven't bought a loaf of white bread in a very long time, but well, I feel like all bread like... comes with the thing, doesn't it? What does? All bread does. does yeah, I don't all have any bread in thing? here right now. You don't have any bread. Oh, you don't do carbs now? Are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. We're Let's not here to talk on. about Let's that. Just move it, on. Yeah, we don't. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to. I'm not here to. I'm on display here. No, no. Not you. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it. I just yeah? don't think it's very interesting. But well, I didn't think my white bread was very interesting either. I know. You well, it was spin I, and tuck. That's what yeah. you wanted. To... But that's more. That's more of what I wanted to talk about was the spin and tuck. But all right. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm more. I would spin and tuck because the clip is always. Well, I feel like. I feel like the clip lasts part of the way through the bread, but then like I would lose it or it put breaks. it aside, or it breaks, and then the spin and tuck is always like a last resort kind also, of thing. Also, the weird little plastic clip seems <clears throat> to be a new, a fairly new development in the last twenty years or so. When I was a little kid, it was just the wire, twist tie. it was the wire twist tie. Yeah, with the and paper. that was even more of a pain in the ass. Like, who wants to deal with that every time? I want to. Like, what if I finish that sandwich and I'm still really hungry? I have to go and deal with this bread. I have to go well, wrestle the bread monster again. Get it again? the wrong way, and you're twisting it even tighter. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and, and then there's the, the paper the, falls the paper, off. Yeah, around the little. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's an abject fucking nightmare. But also with that, um, the twist tie was was more structurally sound. You could actually but the the clippy thing doesn't. I feel like it's like it makes like a little sphincter where the air can mm. get out or in. Uh-huh. So your bread's gonna go bad. So it's a bread bag sphincter, and then it lets the it lets the air in. Yeah, got it. It's not it's not sound, but back in the day when it was twist ties, it would work. It was but, more sound. But then, yeah, like you said, like you keep opening by the third or fourth time, the paper starts to come off, and you can't tell which direction it's twisted until the metal just breaks apart, and then it's like cutting your fingers. <laughs> yes. And it's like, how did we get to this point? <laughs> well, we just twist and tuck. You know, we. What I like to do is when you get like kind of like a. a like three quarters to halfway down is I'll do the spin, do the twist, but then I won't just tuck under. I kind of fold the whole thing oh, yeah. over. Oh yeah, when like, you get no, down to like the go... bat, the last, the last five or six mm-hmm. slices or whatever. Yeah, you you wrap that side. No, not wrap it around, but I'll I'll invert the plastic Whoa. all the way around. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like so I, it's still twisted in the middle, but I 
So it's enveloped. What does that do? I don't know. I just thought it was cool. No, is that weird? <laughs> it's a little bit weird. Do you are you a heel first kind of guy, or do you save the heels? Or the well, heels I go say, together? Uh, the heels have value. They keep the bread moist. Oh yeah. Right? So you got to save the heel until you get to the last heel, and then the heel sandwich is great. I love the heel. I love both heels. Sometimes I'll use that as my triple decker. You'll so put heel, stuff, and then middle of the bread, regular bread, and then another, and then a whole other sandwich below that, and then put monster sandwich Jesus. in my face. It's good. That's good. Would it? Could you get like a whole loaf of heels? <laughs> that doesn't work that way. Well, they wouldn't last very long. I mean, I guess you could just keep freezing your heels. Like keep saving them. Mm-hmm. That it's that delayed gratification thing where you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm just waiting for that sixth loaf of bread to finish, and then I can have my my crazy heel sandwich festival. Mm, like open face. I don't know. All right. I was just curious about the the not the nip and tuck, the spin and tuck. The spin and tuck. Um, and I did want to. You said we want to talk about our uh, our our numbers here for those of you who are interested out there. Um, yeah. Do you have them up there? I have some. How many of them. people are we actually talking to? Oh well, I got I got six. I got nine listens in the last twenty four hours, which is pretty exciting for 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 us. For last week or whatever. For last, this is no the last twenty four hours. I mean, I've had. Well, they're listening to this right now. They're listening to the the one. Correct, released correct. Because this is this is not yeah this is not out yet. This is previously that real. It's not really exciting because it will be released by the time you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in the last seven days, we've had forty five people. Forty-five. Two people, uh, one person in Spain and one person in the UK. Who's in Spain? Who do we know? In I don't. Spain? We, Tycho. I, I don't know. We got one person in London. Um, some Las Vegas, Vancouver, San Leandro, right down the road there. Redmond, Las uh, Tempe, Arizona. That's cool. Eugene, Oregon is uh, always. My mom. Your mom is always <laughs> there. Yeah. So I mean, there's lots of. I don't know if you can see. Ooh, that was our spikes. last episode that came out on Sunday, and that was when the, uh... How many yeah. people was that? 40? 30. 30 people. 30 there. right there. So, we're, you know, we're we're in the, um... We're plugging right along. <laughs> got about 30 people a week. I don't think that I've ever spoken in a room to, like, 30 people. No? no. You, you speak to the world now, I feel like, I feel like I'd be intimidated if they were all here. I, I would be too but I, I would ask them to leave here. it's late <laughs> please get out of my home my landlady's gonna be here um and um yeah so please write in <coughs> let us know what you think and please stay tuned my uh conversation my first conversation with the, the Dr. Green Camel as he'd like to be known hmm. um he's gonna give some tips hints and tricks of how to survive in the service industry long term excellent so <clears throat> Thank you again, Walter. Yeah, sorry I have to go. So yes, sorry. well, you know, you're not feeling well. So. That's true, I'm not. But we'll we'll get you back when, you you're, when you're feeling better. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's John. So here we are. Gluten is not your problem. Thank you for listening. Um, I am here with the doctor himself, uh, Green Camel. He is a veteran of the service industry. You've been in the business for how long? I'd say about 30 years. 30 years? I think I started when I was 22. And Uh, this was in the Midwest? Cincinnati, Ohio is when I got my first server job. I was actually a bar back when I was 18 in Columbus, Ohio. And then I worked in a pizza place during my first year of college. 
uh, making pizzas and bussing tables. And then I was a dishwasher in college for beer money. And then I heard about this banquet serving job that was paying like 20 bucks an hour back in the 80s, which was a lot of money. And so I started in banquets at this fancy place in Cincinnati. And then they asked me if I wanted to work in the a la carte restaurant downstairs. And I said yes. And so that's when I became a waiter, like a full service waiter. You know, we had the captain, the front waiter and the back waiter. I was a front waiter. And I did that for several years, and then I moved to Seattle and continued that, and then that's when I also added the bartending to the resume. So, yeah. Which is what you would consider yourself now. You are full-time. I, I mean, you, bartending is what you mainly do. That's what I have been doing for the last 16 years or so. Yes. All different types of places, nightclubs, fine uh, dining. Yes. Uh, not too many nightclubs, although some of the bars sort of turned into a nightclub. Uh, but yes, all kinds, uh, mostly fine dining, nicer restaurants, but yeah, a couple of dives along the way, um, neighborhood places, but yeah, usually upscale. Okay. So, so, I mean, you've got a lot of experience, 30 plus years is a lot. You've a lot. seen a lot. You've oh, worked yeah. with a lot of people, a lot of different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the pitfalls you've mentioned to me in the past is um, alcohol consumption and I guess alcohol and drug abuse, but alcohol consumption in specific is something that runs rampant. And how does one navigate alcohol consumption right. while working in an environment that is, <clears throat> yes, it is celebrates it? Exactly. <laughs> uh, you're, the job is basically to be an alcoholic. Uh, as a good bartender, you've got to know, you know your product. Uh, intimately, all all these different forms, variations. Um, uh, you got to know what you're talking about. So you have to do a lot of tasting, and you get in, you get into it. You start to meet your peers, and everybody's talking about different recipes, cocktails, spirits that they like. You go to different places, and you know, drink at their bar. They come drink at your bar. You you just move in these circles that it's all based around alcohol. So. When you're not at work in that environment, then you're usually at somebody else's place enjoying some some drinks. Uh, and then when you're on your own, uh, you might have some a beer, some wine, whatever, while you're just reading the paper, looking at your computer, watching shows, whatever. It becomes a constant. So how do you how do you know when enough is enough? Uh, when you're in the business, there doesn't seem to be any limit to that. And uh, you're constantly reinforced with drinking and socializing with alcohol being, you know, the main thing that you, you get together, uh, you gather around for. And alcohol is also like, it's, it's, it's a form of currency in the business, right? I mean, it's like you, you, um, you know, there's shift drinks, you get a drink after you're done. I right. mean, who, who doesn't want to not have their shift drink? Exactly. Man? You want shifty, after, right? And, exactly. After seven hours or however long it was, uh, everybody wants their little sip. A lot of people want a little sip while they're working to take the edge off. Uh, somebody from the industry comes in and you slide him a shot of Fernet or Chartreuse or whatever. Uh, it's just, you know, common courtesy. So, yeah, the, the alcohol becomes a, a currency and uh, it just is a, just this repetitive theme of always celebrating something with a sip of this or that. Or So, and you, you pretty much, you don't drink anymore. Not hardly at all. Sometimes I straw taste a drink, but uh, no, I don't sit down anymore and have cocktails or 
finish my night with something. Uh, I don't do it anymore. Yeah. And and not that I mean not that there's anything wrong with having a drink at the end of the night or enjoying some fr- drinks with friends or even some drinks after work. But how do you? How I mean how do you navigate? I mean what would you, what would you say to somebody who is who's starting out in this business and who is really excited to try new drinks and have new stuff? And how do you tell them? What would you say to them to not? I would warn them. And ho- I mean. That's I, I've gone through this many times, and I tell them, you know, you need to you need to know your cocktail, so you need to drink, but you need to drink with more of a an, an awareness. So when you go out and you have whatever cocktail that you have, you know, really analyze what you're drinking, sip it with intent. Don't just get drunk, but like say, okay, this is a I'm drinking a Negroni now, and this is what's in it, and this is what it tastes like, and really sort of try to be aware of what you're drinking and then limit your drinks don't don't get too far ahead more than three and then you're you're just going to be getting pretty drunk so quality over quantity um i try to emphasize having respect for alcohol like don't just think that you can handle it you know you you might have a tolerance when you're younger and you can drink as much as you want or you think you can but there's a, a cumulative effect that as the years go by, if you're still in the business, it really adds up. And this is what I'm talking about. Like the, you know, as the years go by and as you have all this alcoholic mileage on you and the, the effect that it takes. So I try to emphasize qual- uh, quality over quantity. Um, be aware of what you're doing and then know when to stop. And you've, you've had friends in the business who have since passed away because of over I have had friends in the business yes and I've struggled with my own uh overconsumption watched my own self spiral downwards and had to stop and then seeing friends actually die from liver failure from uh, uh excessive cocaine use coupled with alcohol uh, all the things that go into it uh seeing people lose you know really nice jobs because of their inability to manage their 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 chemical uh consumption over and over i've watched it and it's just sad like now at this point it just feels negligent not to say something even though everybody has to learn on their own time i just feel that i have to at least try to plant a seed that hopefully will sprout later yeah and um i mean and the restaurant business can be it can be fun it can be exciting it can be a good way to make some easy maybe not so easy money um, as you get older and spend more time in there but and and again I don't think that either of us would say that drinking unto itself is is inherently bad or evil because lots of people enjoy it and can walk away from it and don't don't right yes they can and those people usually don't work in the restaurant business um, <laughs> they go out to have dinner mm-hmm. it's alcohol is not like the focal point of their lives they're not in that environment every day so they go out they have a bottle of wine with their you know their wife or the girlfriend or whatever they share that and then they go back and do whatever it's not it's not every day that they're drinking that they're in a bar every day every night so when you're in that business and you're just getting all this positive reinforcement for drinking that's where where the bad habits start and that's where i see the sort of downward spiral especially mm-hmm. you know when you're young and eager like for me, 
I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. I was not very sophisticated, didn't know anything about fine dining, food, wine pairing, all this kind of stuff. So when I got into the restaurant business and I started to learn all, oh, this is, you know, have your have your ribeye served rare, you know, like everything was overcooked, you know, pasta was not al dente. I didn't know any of this stuff. So the restaurant business taught me a lot of stuff, you know, that I, I really appreciate. Showed me about food and wine. And I, and so I was really into it when I was younger, really wanted to like learn as much as I could. And then it was really fun to go out and have drinks and get treated, you know, like the bartender buying you rounds and kitchen sending out apps and all this kind of stuff that felt like a kind of rock star lifestyle for a while and again the mileage adds up and then you're you're drinking all the time you have two-day hangovers uh you're spending your money recklessly you're you just get caught up in it and depending on how voracious your appetite is uh, some other things the the pills the cocaine whatever that magnifies the drinking and and then bad things happen so to to in conclusion i guess is um you would say to quality over quantity yes um you say drink with intent as in you know if you are studying something if you are interested in something then know what kind of gin is going with what kind of vermouth with what kind of aperitifs and right. really educate yourself on on these beverages yes um and i what did you you said to me one one time many years ago and you were like i don't know why you're in such a hurry to get fucked up that's right <laughs> so enjoy enjoy the journey <laughs> Uh, yeah because once you're fucked up then what happens you know now you're a mess now you need a somebody's got to get you home yeah you know you're like a you're kind of a burden uh you're too sloppy so the point is not to get that drunk where you know you can you'll lose your phone and your wallet you might be stranded away from home um the the journey the 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 altering of the consciousness should be gradual and deliberate not rushed so uh, as i got older i realized you know doing shots is a bad idea <laughs> shots are more alcohol abuse than use they get you there too quick um just not a good idea so yeah drink with intent drink slowly enjoy the journey to your altered state of consciousness do not dash madly to it it's john It's John. Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Oh, John.